How about this shit? If you're listening to this right now, you are needed just as you are right now. I'm telling you, 300 pounds or not, I need you. We need you. The world needs you. Now, how does this work? Okay. Well, lead or be led, it's an act of service. Why do you suddenly have to be like Captain America, you selfish asshole? Why can't you be like one of the guy, guys Captain America saves first? <laughs> you know, then once you go join Captain America's team, you know, and then start to live like Captain America or whatever, you know, for those that don't live in the United States, huh? <laughs> I should use a different term, but you understand, like, then you, then you slowly become him and then you will lead, but you're needed. You're needed right now. And so stop with this. Like you're already him, man. Let's go. I've got Ryan Carnahan. He's my coach. Um, he's been severely impactful to me, hugely impactful to myself, my family, my my personal growth. He's become a great friend of mine. So welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, it's an honor. I, I'm I'm actually ecstatic to see what you've accomplished this far. And um, yeah, it's just this is a dream, man. I'm so excited right now. Thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. So. You're called the world's greatest hype man, and you're yep. extremely enthusiastic. You breathe fire and energy into people and lift them up. Like you've got hundreds of guys in the Superhuman Fathers program, connect with all of them, like spiritually, individually. Has that always been a part of your skill set, or is this something that you've okay created yes. or or developed, or is this it? Like whenever you were 25 years old, was this Ryan Carnahan? Okay, so this is fun. If you guys, okay, like we, we both have a history as a teacher, so we obviously love people, okay? And we were both fat, which is funny too. <laughs> Not anymore, freaking shredded. But, but okay, we got a good story. And you and I maybe have some, some similarities, but I was always in a state where I did have this knack of looking at people and being excited for them. So since I can remember, just... And it maybe was to cope with my low self-esteem, <laughs> right? Because I remember as a kid being eight years old, sitting on the curb, seeing someone ride like a two-wheeler bike <laughs> and being like, I guess that'll never be me. You know? <laughs> good for that guy. Man, I, he can go fast, you know? So I, and I was, I was good at building relationships that way, but mm -hmm. I, I never thought, I never thought of me as the guy. You know, I, and so there, that was a good skill in, in one aspect, because I was always able to just be excited for people. I never got like, never was like, oh, why me? But alone, mm -hmm. alone by myself. Yes. I would sit there and be like, um, you know what? Kind of why me? Like, I guess I'm, I'm just, I'm back, back. Just, I'm just here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I didn't understand my value and it's just, I didn't understand who I was. And part of it's because I'm a people pleaser. And so I didn't know mm -hmm. who I was. I couldn't figure out who I was. So I didn't know yeah. what to stand for. And so I would just kind of go with the wind and just smile. I was just a smile. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one day I woke up and I was a fat smile. 
and I was I was a sad smile. I was an anxious smile. I was a depressed smile. Mm-hmm. I, you know, with a beautiful wife and kids, and I just was like, you know, I would I'd be angry and I'd smile at her while I was angry, though, you know, and yeah. just selfish. And I couldn't get over that with my wife and kids. It wasn't I was like a jerk, you know. I was the world's greatest Spanish teacher, but I just. I just didn't have to drive anymore, you guys. And I finally looked in the mirror and was like, I was 34, 33. Mm-hmm. I was just like, man, I, 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 I didn't do it. It was kind of a rock bottom in that sense. Like, I just felt sad. You might see, right now, you might be listening to this. You might be in this spot where you're looking in the mirror and you're short with your kids and your wife. You're a little angry inside, depressed, anxious, and you just, you don't see the man you thought you'd be, and you don't even recognize yourself. And mm-hmm. if, if you hear that in this right now, like, it's not too late. Not even close. In fact, this is where you're supposed to be. Yeah, I talked to lots, lots and lots of guys who had a vision of who they were supposed to be as a child. Like, you imagine yourself whenever you're 10, 12 years old. You imagine oh. yourself whenever you're 28, 30 years old. And you just see this strong warrior of a man sweeping his lady off your feet. Like I, t- I talked, I talked to this guy the other day. You know, he's a hundred pounds overweight. That's the vision he had of himself. And now he's saying so he, he cries to his wife most nights. Like he's a hundred pounds overweight. He's depressed. And whenever you're mid thirties, forties, you're getting up. You know, you're getting up there in the middle ages. And you see, like, oh man, I think half my life is gone. And by this time, I was supposed to be this clear vision I had of myself. Yeah. That is a crushing, soul-crushing feeling to get over. Yep. And But how do you go from that point of like severe depression to seeing this mountain in front of you that you have to, cr- that you have to climb yeah. to taking the first step and having the, the, the vision in the mind to say, this is po-. like, I guess it's from saying that I've, fucked, I've screwed up my entire life <laughs> to this is possible. Like, how do you make that? Okay. Okay, I got it. First off, you, you, you can't do it by yourself. Right now, think if you're listening to this and you're in that space, who loves you? Who loves you? I know who you're, my wife, maybe, kind of. My kids, right? My mother, <laughs> right? Keep thinking. You're like, oh shit, I, I can't think of anyone else. Oh, that's a problem. Where's your tribe? Right? So you need... Just like back, I didn't realize this, but back in the day, like, dude, all the, I just started like, I'm okay. My background, I'm, I'm uncultured. I know a lot of shit just from freaking living. Right. But, but like, I, I started reading stoicism and things like that. But like they, the men, they used to get together, man. They tribe up and they learn, they, they philosophize, philosophize, <laughs> you know, with each other and they, they talk and they, they connect. And so you need standards but sometimes it's hard to find your own. And so coach up, number one, very helpful. But let's, you know, we don't need to go that route. Let's just break it down. Why couldn't I, or why can't you right now, if you're listening to this, you have lost your identity. Okay, now what the hell does that even mean? Well, you're having an identity crisis because your identity is attached to things that can be lost or taken away. Mm. external things so for example 
like maybe we can do it like i and i'm kind of jumping ahead and i have a crazy philosophy and I, I can dig into stuff and maybe we will later in this podcast but so you're sitting there like i love jujitsu and guess what chris loves jujitsu too okay we're jujitsu buddies he probably tapped me out though but like i would say i love it more than anybody else in the world you know well, let's say I break my back or something and I can't do jujitsu as well as I used to, or I can't do it anymore. I'm going to have this situation where I, I get selfish, you know, like, what was me? I loved, I loved jujitsu more than I, I was a jujitsu guy. And so you have this mini identity crisis. Okay. This is an issue. Okay. Well, like, you're like, that's stupid. That's jujitsu. And I go, okay, fine. Let's take it higher. So career. I don't know, maybe the economy goes and you lose your job or you just change your job. Identity crisis, same thing. But I was a, a banker. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know, it doesn't. And, and so that doesn't go well. Again, selfish, self-loathing. You're thinking about yourself. You go further and you're like, now we're getting to where you're at. Father and husband. Okay. Well, what if your wife hates you? <laughs> you know, like what if you're, you, you, you're not the father you want to be. You're short with your kids. And you go, same thing. You become selfish, self-loathing. And so you have to figure out what the identity is that can't be taken from you. Now, I know I get a little weird here. Well, what does this even mean? Okay, well, let, let's look at this. It's kind of your code. It's your values, Right what you stand for. One of the reasons why you feel so shitty is because you don't even have your code. You have, you're so far separated from your code or your values of understanding who you are that you, you, you're you so lost. And so right now you have to figure out how to return to your values or to your identity. And so, I mean, we can, we can get into that, like what, you know, what, what that looks like. But if you don't have a code, you're just like a boat without a rudder. You're all over the place. And so emotion dictates your action. So that's why everything your wife says something to you and you blow up, ah! you know, you freak out because you don't have a code. You don't have a standard. And so you doubt yourself. You're not a confident man. And so you got to figure out how to return to your values. Now I have some strategies that I can go over, but I don't want to just, you know, talk the whole time were you here chris did you feel this a little bit before kind of what i'm talking about before you had your transformation can you relate to this at all a little bit or i can no and i've gone through ups and downs like the worst part was the reason i knew it was possible because i reached this point one time before but like 15 years ago and that was before i got married like there used to be this workout called P90X. It was like a I remember. I remember. So I did insanity. I went, <laughs> remember insanity was out. That remember that one? That insanity was the bitch version of P90X. Yeah. <laughs> it Perfect. was like. <laughs> yeah, I remember I did P90X. My brother did insanity. I was like, you bitch. That's not. Yeah, you need to know weights. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But I was I was engaged to my wife, uh, Sarah, and I went off to my first job by myself in this bumfuck farm county where I lived by myself in a condo and I got I like when I was in high school I played basketball like three four hours a day I lifted weights I was in shape I went to college I was a music major for for teaching I practiced eight ten hours a day I became the best saxophone player I won competitions 
and I began the best saxophone player at my college. Amazing. And then through that, though, I dedicated 1,000% of my energy, attention, and focus to saxophone. I let my body go. And I remember I look back at these, these pictures of myself playing saxophone, and like, I'm so happy with the way I played, but then I look at myself, and that makes me sad. Like, man, you were missing something, though. So I took that. I went to my first job, and I was by myself for an entire year with one roommate. And I did P90X three times in a row. I went from like 230 to 167 and got like all on my own, got like crazy shredded, followed their meal plan, had like stuff all out. And like, I remember doing like two workouts a day, then doing like a six, seven mile jog and just feeling on top of the world. Like I would go back to school. I would go back to the work and people would see me. I remember this like random creepy teachers would like ask if they could like touch my abs. But like, as weird as that was, like, I was so confident and felt so damn good. Like, you know, you, you just, you feel like anything is possible. And it's, even though it's just physical, you might say, well, that's vain. It's like, well, is it? Because this is really your spirit. And that's mm -hmm. how I felt then. And then um, I got, we went, we got married. I went on a honeymoon. I thought I didn't have anyone guiding me, but, but myself. So for me, I was under the impression that you know, it was okay. Like I'm on my honeymoon. I deserve to do whatever the fuck I want for an entire week. So I gained like 12 pounds in seven days, drank pina coladas 10 times a day, became addicted to, oh, and then when we got back, we had like all this extra alcohol from our wedding. So we had like cocktails the entire summer. And by, by the end of that summer, I was like 25, 30 pounds heavier. Yeah. And Ever since that honeymoon, it was a nonstop roller coaster until four months ago. Yeah. That's amazing, dude. Always and wanting, always wanting to be better, promising myself I'd be better, having like months at a time where I'd do better. Okay. And I think like, you Go know, on. yeah. Yeah. And I'd have the times where I want to do better. And then why I couldn't stick with it was because. It was always like uh, this superficial external want that I had. It yes. was, I was never the actual person who could do it. Whereas now I feel like it's not an option. It's not me choosing to do it. It's just like who I am now. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. This is very cool. And I love how you bring that up, how the want was selfish. It was like superficial. It, you know, here, here I would have, I started so many times, you guys. And I know in this, in everything, and this is, it goes into your relationship with your wife too. You're like, I'm going to be nicer. <laughs> you're like, right. We say it, whatever, or I, I'm going to eat better. And then you walk in the brownies there and you just forget all of it. So you're in a moment, you're listening to this podcast right now. You're listening to this podcast and you're like, I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stop drinking or whatever. And you're going to walk into the other room. There's going to be a drink right there. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Why, why does this happen? It's because you're making it about you. If it's about you, you will always fail. What you are forgetting is how impactful you are. We forget the darkness that you're in right now. You feel so weak and mm -hmm. you feel like no one sees you. And you feel like you just have forgotten your massive impact on the world, not just your family, the world. Okay. And I say this. And so remembering your, your impact does something for you. you. You recognize that it affects everyone around you. And that even per se might not be enough. But I'll tell you what, when you dial in 
and you're focused on and recognizing that your impact is infinite, like you, it, for example, in my program, you guys, Superhuman Fathers, I've, I've, I've been, I, you're four months ago so far, you, you've changed, right? You've already, you already have guys that you're coaching, which is insane. It's amazing. And sign up for his program. He's a savage, dude. Okay, go sign up right now. Rising father. Don't, what's wrong with you? Go sign up. But on my program, there's five generations now. Since I got shredded, changed my life. There's another guy, another guy, another five generations out. We're at 550 people. Look at that impact on just my choice. If I hadn't done that, they wouldn't have either. This is real. And so you forget your impact. Now, going back to how, how though, this sounds so nice. How, how do I, how do I, why do I, why do I start and why do I stop? I think that's kind of what we were talking about. You know, why do I start? Why do I stop? How do I keep going? And it is that ability to return to your values. Okay. To your code, to who you are. Now, this might sound like some gibberish to people because they're like, what do you mean this code? I don't, I don't understand. Okay, well, let's, let's break it down a little bit. So you have your kind of like this idea of, well, you'd like to use this example. Okay, let's, let's take, you're, you're, we're in a high frequency. We're to, right now you're listening to this and you know what you want to do. You know what kind of man you want to be. You're hearing your values. But chaos is going to come and it's going to separate you from your values. Right? How do I prepare for that chaos? That's what we, that's really what we're training. How do I remind myself of, of my infinite impact on the world? How do I, how do I come back to that when I want to be selfish? Okay. So Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. <laughs> Every year you go and there's some asshole there. And if you don't know there's an asshole at Thanksgiving, it's probably you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's always one, one guy there. All right. So let's say you go and he um pisses you off and you're like i hate that guy and you're misaligned for a year like every time you think of him you're misaligned you're not in line with your values you're, you're emotional right emotions dictating your actions but then let's say this year you sign up for the rising father program okay and you, you go and it's been a few months maybe well, a year now because it's next thanksgiving and it's only a month this time and you're misaligned okay because <laughs> you improve then the next year it's a week and then the following year, it's, it's just a day. And then the year after that, it's just an hour. And then after that, it's just a minute, right? And then it's a second. All right. Something miraculous happens. The stress in your life that used to, the chaos in your life that used to separate you from your values actually becomes the trigger for you to pursue your values. So chaos is a trigger for selfishness or selflessness, depending on how we prepare for the chaos. Because mm. chaos is coming. Like you can't stop the chaos. Like it's coming. You're going to fail. How many guys, I'd love to start talking about this too. This is too good. Right now you're listening to this. Maybe you're a new dad. Doesn't matter. Maybe you've been married 10 years. Doesn't matter. Okay. But we're so funny because, or you join, you just joined a program. And you're like, now I'm going to be the best dad ever. You just finish this podcast. I'm going to be the best dad. I got this. Okay. That's like walking into the gym the first day, going to the squat rack 
and putting like 400 pounds on, you know, 405 on the squat rack your first day and you lift it on your back and it's shaking and everyone, everyone's looking at you, you know, they're like, this is not a good idea. And you're like, I got this. I'm going to crush it, you know? And then you just let it just destroy you. Like you just, your, your knees blow, it, it squishes you to the ground. And then you're laying there and everyone knew that was going to happen. And you're still mad at yourself. You're like, I can't believe I couldn't squat 405 pounds. And there's little do you know that the guy next to you is like, I've been in here every day putting reps in, progressively overloading for 10 years. And you selfish asshole, I just did 405 for the first time. Like, who, what makes you think you can do that? And so this is what we do to ourselves. Like, it's not, it, it is not about, perfection it's about pursuing our values it's shortening that time period to how how quickly we can return to our values when chaos arrives so it you know it's a another way you can put this is when chaos arrives like, how do i how do you prepare i guess is what i'm trying to say how do you prepare for chaos how do you prepare for failure in your marriage because right now, what do you do when you talk to your wife and she points something out? And like you tried, first you bluff. You're like, well, why do you point that out? I did this and this and this and this, you know? And then she's smarter than you. So she out argues you and she wins. And then you mope. And then you look in the mirror and see the 100, pound, 100 pounds overweight. And you're sad. And you're like, yeah, I do suck. Okay? <laughs> like, like that's going to happen. Like, okay, how do, you, how do you find your confidence again? You know, that's... How do you become that guy? And so first off, non-negotiables. Now you hear a lot of guys online, say, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not the first one to use this term. Wes Watson really has made this popular, like non-negotiable, you bitch, you know? And I, I love it. It's so good. Um, I like to get into why non-negotiables are really powerful. Let's think about this for a moment. Okay. So let's say you're separated from your values. Okay. You don't know who you are, but when you're in listening to this podcast or you're meditating or whatever, you do know who you are, but the chaos is coming. It's going to separate you from who you are, right? You're not going to remember. You can use non-negotiables as anchors to your values. So it doesn't matter how you feel per se. It's what you do, right? That's it's what you do. That's who you are. And so the non-negotiable, once you live it, then you can find your values again. It's like standard operating procedure. You're like my wife yells at me. Perfect. I'm still going to hit my nutrition. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to relate. And so once you do that, you can find who you are again. And it's like a small win and you can stack your wins. And so, you know, I, I hope that made sense. <laughs> no, it is. I'm, I'm trying to talk, connect all the dots here and, and pull it back to everything we were talking about. Because um, we were talking about a lot of things, but one of the things was whenever you are at the bottom of the pit, how do you, what's the impetus to get moving? And we were talking about the identity. You were saying your identity is your failures right then. So how do you have the vision to where you could even even improve um and right now you're saying your identity should be tied to the actions you take 
in, in terms of like your non-negotiables and things you do every single day that make you feel good, that are wins for you, like a- actions you do every single day, no matter what, that define who you are, such yeah. as hitting your macros or doing an act of service to your wife or telling your kids you love them, telling your wife you love her. Is that, is that all? Yeah, like, because, okay, there's, so there's two ways to look at it. I guess what I'm saying is that you stack those, right? So you can't, you can't start, you can't just get out of the pit. Like the process of getting out of the pit is also defines who you are. You are not your failure. So maybe it's this, okay? You're not defined by your failure. Right now, that moment that you look in the mirror and you feel like you're too far gone, you're not that man. You're, you're defined how you respond to the situation right now. So, so it, the man who's in the pit and you have your non-negotiables that you, you, know, you want to define yourself as, but it, maybe we should go back to when you're in the pit and you feel like you're too far gone. How do you, how do you find value in yourself again? You know? Because you might feel like it, you're, it's so dark, like you, you can't make it back. And so this is also really powerful is, is in the, okay, there's a, you know, there's a resistance in the world. It doesn't really matter whatever you call it. You know, I, I have a term, I call it the fake self. It's out to get you. You know, some guy in my group calls him squishy. You know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. There's a, there's a negative energy in the universe. And it will drag you into the darkness deep. Maybe it's right now. Maybe you have an addiction right now. Maybe it's alcohol, porn, doesn't matter. You know, um, maybe it's how you treat your wife, your kids. Maybe it's how you think about yourself. But it is dark, and you feel like you're unique, and it makes you think that you're unique in your suffering. Like there's no one else like you, and it'll hold you down there. And the deeper it has you the tighter it has to hold on to you because if it lets you go, you know, you'll uncover your eyes and you'll look over and you'll see that there's millions of guys down there with you. Hence the importance of that tribe I was talking about. Right. And they're, they're, they're blind. They're frozen down there. And you're like, Holy shit. There's other guys down here with me. I thought I was the only one. And so you have an opportunity then. There's so you're not unique in your suffering. You're not. You're not a unique shitty father right now. There's tons of them. And so what does that do for you? It gives you an opportunity to show them, to open their eyes, to pull them out. Like, like that guy that you said, he was a hundred pounds overweight, right? I've never been, I was, I was 50 pounds. Okay. I lost 50 pounds. All right, guys, not a hundred. How rad for this guy, there might be guys that are way bigger than me. Maybe they're 200 pounds overweight. And they can tell me, they can say, hey, Ryan, I'm, you don't know what it's like. Right? You don't know what it's like. You're, you've never been 200 pounds overweight. I'd be like, you're right. But I have a couple of guys on my program that have lost over 100 pounds. And I'm like, that guy knows what it's like. Right? And so he can serve that guy. You can. One of the things I love to say is what makes men inspiring is not their accolades or their achievement, right? It's not, it, it is their weakness. It's their darkness. It's their weakness, their failure, their tragedy, their pain, their sickness. Why? Well, because that's what connects us as brothers. 
Like if you're listening to this right now and you're hurting, Chris has hurt before. I've hurt before. We were fat and sad. Do you understand? Like, would you, would you just understand that for a second? And so we can show you the way we can show you. And so what, what do I mean by this? You know, cause I know I'm, I'm all over the place. Like, how do I follow this guy? But look, it's a, this weakness, this tragedy can be leveraged. It can be leveraged how to inspire those that think that they're too far gone. So let's say that I have the same darkness as you. I have a choice. I can let you sit in your excuses, let you stay there, or I can leverage my experience by robbing you of your excuse and showing you the man that I can be in coming out of the darkness. And so it doesn't matter what, this is what the identity is. You know, maybe we should get there because I left there because I'm so sporadic in my thinking. I always end up tying it together though, guys. All right. So just deal with it. <laughs> So your identity, it needs to be some, your, it can't be taken, it can't be external. It has to be intrinsic, your code. You must be the man who can suffer for others. Like that's who you are. You're the man who can suffer. Now, what does that even mean? Because some people are going to be like, okay, well, I can suffer. I've suffered really hard. I have a lot of trauma. Okay. This is what I mean. Trauma in my eyes, does not exist unless you lack the ability to attach meaning to suffering. Now, how do I attach this meaning? Like, what is that? There's other people that have suffered the same way. They've experienced the same darkness. And so that's, this is your push. This is what's exciting is that you can leverage the fact that you've been shitty for 10 years, if you want, or trauma that you've experienced in the past to think of those other men that are in the same situation as you. And you go, am I going to let them sit in pain and wallow and be selfish like me right now? Or am I going to rob them of their excuses? Am I going to show them the men they can be amidst the chaos? And that's what you and I do, man. We invite men to do this. That's how we remind them. That's why we group together. Because what are we really doing in our groups? Right? You come in and you finally have a place where there's no assholes. We'll fire all of them. Like they're gone. So you can finally come and just be like, man, I really suck at this. You've never told anybody maybe. And the other guy, and you think, you, you think that you're alone in it. You know, like, like oh. I like to look at boobs at night by myself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever. And then, and then you see like, who else has a phone? All the hands go up. You're like, oh, I'm not alone. And then you have a guy who's like, yo, how about we text each other? Like, and we'll hold each other accountable. You want to do that? Like, and I haven't done it in like six months, bro. That means you can do it. And then you don't do it for six months. And all of a sudden there's a new guy that comes and you're like, Hey, I got six months not doing this, man. I know how to do it. You want to do this with me? And then you get to see the, the fulfillment that comes to teaching somebody else and serving somebody else because it's not about you. If you stay in the darkness, if you stay a shitty dad, if you're still mean to your wife, if you let emotion dictate your actions, so is everyone else. You're the only one, man. You're it. 
just accept your fate. Hit Chris up. And come level up with us, man. I was going rants. I don't even know if this made sense. <laughs> it's all no, it's it's all amazing, wise, great stuff. And we I'm trying to pull the <laughs> the thread through all of it. But it's it's all tied together. It's all the exact same thing. It's all like I tell all the guys, like, some of you need to lose a hundred pounds. Some of you are just have no discipline at all. I feel like that's like the entrepreneur business person's curse. It's like they're so scatterbrained and they don't have, they don't have discipline, man. Like I was talking to a guy today who I was like, yeah, people look at you as a business person. They think you got your shit together. Like they think that you just have all like, but like they have such a desire for self-progress and more and more and more like that. They're always going for these different things. And then when procrastination and unorganization piles on top of that, their day compounds to the end. And for them, like the worst thing in the world isn't losing a sale. It's whenever they have this one hour with their family before they go to sleep, they're not present with their kids. Yep. So that, that's their worst thing in the world. For the fat guy, it's his, it's his fat. For the business guy, it's not being present. And for someone else, it might be they, they get pissed at their wife. So we've all got these, these things that are holding us back. We've got these demons that we need to, we need to attack but it doesn't matter. Like it's all the same solution. That's yes. why we can all be in the same group. It doesn't matter what your problem is. We're all, we're all fighting this darkness that's holding us down. And if we don't practice these daily routines, if we don't practice these daily disciplines, if, if we can't, if I can't say no to the cookie going into my mouth, I'm not going to be able to, to send that email at 6am instead of thinking about it at 8pm. It's the like same I, muscle. If I can't get my feet out of bed at 3.45 a.m., I'm not going to be able to, you know, not yell at my wife when I want to. Like, it doesn't matter what the issue is. Like, we have to physically control ourselves and do the discipline for it to transfer anywhere else. Yeah, and that's why you push yourself so hard. So if you guys wonder why Chris gets up so early or why I get up so early or why am I show restraint in in my eating or what it doesn't matter do just hard stuff it it's because there's men in my group that just have trouble getting out of bed <laughs> you know like or there might be somebody who's got something serious like who you know they do cocaine on the weekends so i have to be i have to be in line with them i have to because they're like dude like no wonder you you're not on cocaine it's like bro I get up every day at, at the, like before everyone and I go jump in the cold ass ocean and do burpees. I do not want to do that. It's, I, I do not want to do that as bad as you want to do cocaine. Okay. So you can't say shit. Okay. This is why it's so powerful to have a group. You can do this for one another. And so you want to live your life where you try to outdo everybody because you, and it's not about the outcome. It's not about outcome. It's about how hard you push it. So I tell my guys or whatever, like, I'm going to outdo you in everything, right? I'm going to be more hungry than you. I'm going to be more tired. I'm going to be more patient and loving. I'm going to be more honest, more trustworthy. And all that I ask is that you do the same for me, you know? And imagine showing up to your family that way to your wife, where you don't need anything from her because you don't need external validation. Maybe I can tie this in a little bit you know where because i said something earlier what's this you know chris brought up he goes if you can't control what goes in your mouth 
you can't control what comes out of it. So, you know, so a phrase, something like that, right? Why is that? Because it's the same muscle. Discipline does not count until it, it, until it hurts. Like this resistance I'm talking about, it will give you motivation just to take that shit away. Okay. Like it loves to play with your emotions. If your actions in any circumstance are dictated by emotion, you're a slave, either direction, passionate or without passion, depressed, doesn't matter. Okay. So this happens in our marriages too, because we ebb and flow with our, our spouse. Sometimes it's low. Sometimes it's high. Sometimes she disagrees. How do I become a confident man for my wife and my children? I'll tell you a story. Um, yeah, we got time. I'll tell you a story. Uh, and maybe this will make, make sense. But I worked really, really hard. I, I've suffered, you know, on purpose. Do I do, like I said, do crazy stuff. I get cold, do burpees, you know, whatever. Um, and I'm still fat when this happens, but I'm really trying to figure out how this works. Why did I always start? Why did I always stop? Who did, who did I need to become? to always keep going when it got hard. And uh, this might resonate with you, but I realized that, you know, Chris has mentioned a couple high, maybe high-end businessmen and they love to lean into their money, you know? <laughs> they borrow confidence from their money, but dude, I, I'm pizza boy. That, that was my nickname, okay? I was fat, I'm telling you. And there's guys in my program, they're worth $100 million. There are uh, uh, retired Navy SEALs. There are savages, bro, and pizza boys coach. What does this tell you? This tells you if Chris and I can live like this, you can too, for sure, number one. But number two, it teaches us that, that men try to borrow confidence, right, from where they're doing well to cover up where they're sucking because it hurts to recognize where they're sucking. They, they want to lean into it. And the resistance wants you to lean into that. It wants you to tell your wife, well, oh, do you know what I do for this family? It wants you to say that. Yeah, lean into that shit. It wants you, yeah, tell her how much money you make. Tell her how patient you are. Go ahead. It doesn't want you to focus on your weakness where your superpower is. Now, I dig it. And so I, I realized I came up with this concept with it, you know, and there's been other statements made similar, but again, I'm not a book reader. Okay. This is really like, I'll read books and be like, hey, I thought I'd say that. <laughs> you know, there's, <laughs> there's universal truths here, guys. Check this out. Discipline is the currency of confidence, straight up. That's it. If you, you, you know, when I say lack of confidence, if you're listening to this, you know where it is. Like you already know, like, oh, you don't even want to think about it. And because there's a lack of discipline associated with it instantly, you know. And so all you got to do is find your discipline again. Now, how do, you, how do you do that? Find your discipline, find your confidence. Well, what is that? So I'm doing squats, okay? Because I do that now. You should too no big deal. And I get this, this statement and it says, gives me the definition of discipline. And it kind of goes into how discipline doesn't count until you don't want to do it. So I realized that discipline is just the ability to sit in discomfort, right? I'm choosing discomfort, purpose over pleasure. People have said that, right? So it's ability to suffer. Why is that? Okay. So ability to suffer. And I said, discipline is the currency of confidence. I have to know what confidence is. Now, I got the definition of confidence and I have never heard this ever before. Okay, I'm sure it's been said, but confidence is the earned ability 
to connect with your conscience, right? Your values, your code as a man due to your discipline, right? Your ability to suffer. So it's the earned ability due to your discipline to connect with your conscience, your values amidst chaos, amidst that pain, amidst the excuses. You can find your code. Now, why is this so helpful? Because that the, the excuses will try to negotiate. You know, the chaos tries to negotiate. Your wife, that might be chaos for you. And it makes you want to act out. But if you can, if your wife comes to counsel you and you get angry because you're reacting emotionally, which is when you're a slave, right? You go, hey, conscience, where are you? Values. Is she right? And usually it'll say yes. <laughs> usually it is. You know, my state, it's like, yeah, she's usually right. And I say, sorry, okay, perfect, right? But sometimes it says, no, she's wrong. Now here's what's magic. Do I have to get mad at her about it? Why? Because it's my conscience. It's my code. My value, because I found my code. We can go into a whole other thing on how to do that, but I found my code and my code goes, you're good, man. So all of it is intrinsic. All my value is intrinsic. I'm living in line with my code. So what, what can I do for my wife then? For the first time, I can empathize, right? Like I'm a confident man. A man who's not confident is dangerous to his family because he's all over the place. He doesn't know if he's right or wrong. So he's always trying to defend himself. You know, like I said, ah, I'm right. I do this or I just mope, you know, you're all over the place. A confident man goes values. Okay, perfect. I will follow through with that. So I can finally, if my wife's upset, I can just give that to her as a gift. Like I can just let her be mad, you know, and do what I need to do. It's okay. I love her anyway. Do you see the power in this? If you need from your wife, you should probably check yourself. One of the statements I like to use in my programs, we do the most, we need the least. If you need nothing, you can give everything. And so this goes into further into who I need to become, right? So I got more this day. I don't know why this was a good day last year or whatever, a year and a half ago. Okay. So I get this other statement. Now this one, so this one's, a, this one's a good one. Okay. Listen up. It said, uh, the longer a man can suffer, the longer he can go without thinking selfishly. Oh, shoot. Eat that up for a second, okay? Because I know you're hitting your macros, you're hungry, so take that. <laughs> but the longer a man can suffer, the longer he can go without thinking selfishly. That is, what do I need to do as a man? I need to, maybe I'll state this. A man who can't suffer, a father who, and husband who can't suffer can't lead. Because when chaos arrives, he's too quick to think about himself. And nobody, nobody respects that. And so I need to level up myself to such an extent that I can suffer infinitely. So I can serve my family infinitely, right? Like, that is it. I'm the man who can suffer, you guys. If you're suffering, good! That's what you're supposed to do. Because we all suffer. That makes you me and I'm you. You are not your suffering. You're not your failure. You're how you respond to that. 
So you need to find men that know how to respond to suffering. What do you think, Chris? How should we respond to suffering? Huh? <laughs> I want to no, run. I'm just, I know. I'm, I want you to, to go to the ends of your. <laughs> okay, your perfect. Logic. All right, we'll go. I just, you know, okay. Respond to suffering. It reminds you of everybody else. It makes you selfless. Remember, chaos is a trigger for selflessness or selfishness. Our suffering can go, oh, woe is me. Why am I suffering? Or I go, oh, there's other men suffering like me. Am I going to let them stay? Or am I going to show them how to respond to it? And that's just keep moving. Like, think about that for a second. If you, I said to suffer infinitely, like you can't do that. It's impossible. The goal is impossible. You'll never make it. You'll never be the man you want to be. Okay, that just sounds negative. <laughs> but just imperfection, the, the, you can't be that man. You'll never be him. But that means you have unlimited potential. If your identity is attached to a goal, and we'll keep it in father and husband, like I need to have this relationship, or I need to have this much money for my family, or I need to be this type of father, or I can't ever use this. It doesn't matter what your goal is. If your identity is attached to it, number one, when you get there, you're going to pull back because you'd be like, I did it. Right. But if you don't ever get there, you're also going to hate yourself. It can't be a, 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 a moment. There's no action you can take that will that will make you worthy. There's no action that'll take that'll make you worthy of anything, which means it sounds negative, I know, but it makes it makes you worthy right now, right? Like, my, what is my calling as a man? My calling as a man is to inspire and the you know eight billion people, the whole world. I'm not going to be able to do that in a lifetime. Should I just sit there and be sad about it? Oh, I can't do that. No. If I'm the on the trajectory where I might have impacted 8 billion people in like 50,000 years, I'm doing a pretty damn good job, right? And so it's your process. Imperfection just means unlimited potential. And so you don't have to hate yourself anymore. Like you're worthy, man. Live like it. Don't give up on yourself. Come and fi find men that are doing it. And just progressively overload. It's just like the gym. Invite failure. Invite that resistance. It's okay. So you're I saying if you're at the, what's that? I missed your rant over here. No, you're good. You're good. So you're saying if you're, we'll go back to the pit. If you're at the bottom of the pit in depression, you're saying to live like you are the man you want to be. And you are that man. Like, it's okay if, you, if you're finding yourself depressed, overweight, hating yourself, you, you feel like this vision of yourself is two years off. If you do everything, if you do everything right and, and you attach your identity to that future version, don't do that. Just be, if you're going to do the things that that future guy would do today, then be happy with that first. You're already him. Yeah. Like, that's what's so rad. You're already him. You're that man. You don't, there's nothing that will, that's what's so beautiful. If you're on the ladder already, you're already him. It doesn't matter what rung you're on. You don't need to compare with anybody compared to your last self, but your comparison to your last self shouldn't be, I mean, it's, it's wonderful to identify progress for sure, but what is your progress? It isn't how far I've come. It's how much, how often I'm showing up. 
You know, your 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 results are latent, man. You know, like that's that's who you were. I how do you know who you are now? It's what you what you do right now. How in line are you right now? And so it, and it's it, harder the further down you are, right? Like if you're a hundred pounds overweight and you do everything you're supposed to for the first week and you put on a pound yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to have that mindset. Yeah. Because, and, and so, but your mindset should be, how should I respond? Cause it's all just data there. Your value. You're just, how about this shit? If you're listening to this right now, you are needed just as you are right now. I'm telling you 300 pounds or not. I need you. We need you. The world needs you. Now, how does this work? Okay, well, lead or be led, it's an act of service. Why do you suddenly have to be like Captain America, you selfish asshole? Why can't you be like one of the guy, guys Captain America saves first? <laughs> you know, then once you go join Captain America's team, you know, and then start to live like Captain America or whatever, you know, for those that don't live in the United States, huh? <laughs> I should use a different term, but you understand, like, then you, then you slowly become him and then you will lead, but you're needed. You're needed right now. And so stop with this. Like you're already him, man. I also for your heavy hitters. Okay. Do you realize right now Okay, I'm going to say some other crazy. I know, I wonder if half the people here, it's like when you're, I feel like this might sound prideful. Maybe I'm just crazy, this crazy person. But, you know, jujitsu when a black belt talks, you're like, I didn't understand one thing he said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a black belt in this shit, all right? So, all right, so listen up here, okay? All right, you're a big boy right now. Look at, I want you to look at yourself right now. Yeah, hurts hurts for sure you're embarrassed take your shirt off you're embarrassed your wife looks at you right now okay we have the answers already here on how to fix that so don't worry about that you can imagine the future sure go ahead and imagine that i i finally am with the physical attributes i want to have i have them finally okay great you can do that and chris will help you with that and you'll get there but check this out do you realize what you've achieved thus far? Look at you. Maybe you're, maybe you're over 250 pounds. Maybe you're 300 pounds. And you're providing for your family over 300 pounds. Do you realize that I, if I was over 300 pounds, I couldn't even step out of the fucking door? And you're providing for your family? Do you realize you're a superhero and you, they, no one knows it because you let yourself get so fat. Like we need, it's your kryptonite. We got to cut all that shit off so the world can see the world is judgmental. That's just how it goes. And you're holding yourself back because there's kryptonite all over your body. When we cut that off, the world has no idea what's coming. Why is it important for the world to know? Because this is beautiful. Thank you for asking that question. And that's such a perfect question because if I say you're needed just as you are, you're already him. People are like, okay, well, why do I need to, why do I need to do anything? It's because look at yourself. You're constantly seeking self-validation. We're really external validation right now. 
You're, you need to find something to make you, yourself worthy. How, think of how selfish that is. You're constantly worried about people looking at you. And if they, you know, or yourself, I, you can even look at this in like Christianity too. Like, am I saved? Like everyone's worried about how good they are. Like, oh, am I going to make it to heaven? You know, and look at how selfish that is. When you're already worthy, if you can believe that, all that energy that you were taking or putting into yourself, you now can put towards everybody else and help remind them that they're worthy. Now, here's the thing. Are they going to believe you? Only if you're a fucking savage. Now, listen, look at your kid. Look at this for a moment, your wife and kids. Imagine being the man, okay? You know it's true. You can tell your kid he's worthy. You can tell him. But if you're fat and lazy, he's not going to listen to that shit. Right? Your wife's not going to listen to that. She's like, I don't even respect your ass. Tell me I'm worthy. And she's going to be depressed because you can't fucking lead her. Right? But they look at you and they see you shredded, kicking ass. And your boy's just looking at you like, like, like Chris's kid looks at him. I see those damn videos. By the way, you're crushing me on posting those reels. I got to get on it. If you're listening to this, go, go follow uh, World's Greatest Hype Man. If I can get 500 followers more, I'll post it today, I promise. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but listen to this for a moment, dude. Your kid's looking at you, shredded. He sees everything you do. He sees how you treat your wife when she's angry, how you just love on her, his, your, his sisters, how, how, you, how you treat them. And then you look at him and you go, you're worthy. You're a good kid. And he'll believe you because you put the work in. There's all these guys like Jocko, Goggins, all these savages. I don't want my kids to have to read their books. Yeah. yeah. I don't want my kids to have to read that shit. I want them when they read that, they go, that's my dad. What's special about these guys? That's me. I wanted to say that's me. I'm not there yet. But guess what? I'm already him. Let's go. It's beautiful. It's hard to go from... Thank you for that. It's hard to go from not being there to being there, finding the motivation to do it, and figuring out like going through the daily struggles and you make it through week one you make it through week two month two and you're making some progress and to maintain that motivation to maintain that, that excitement and to develop your identity along the way like because for guys in our program you know we're much newer than you and we're on month you know for some of them are on month one month two and already you hit roadblocks sorry it's a motorcycle and you yeah i'm out of the way he's in the hospital you guys we didn't even talk about that dude he's doing a podcast in the hospital (laughs) you savage bro (laughs) but it's inevitably like you said you're going to hit some roadblocks and it's happened to every single guy who started my program like as soon as you say to the universe you say i'm going to improve my life i'm going to set my intention on a bed becoming a better person Every single guy has had something happen to them. They've had 
a physical barrier happen. They've had a big fight with their wife. They had a, they've had a financial oh, yeah. thing happen. It's it, every single person it's happened to. And we go over this on our calls. We say, listen, man, if you're new, by the end of week one, something's going to happen to you. Yes. And this is, this is your test. Like, are you going to, I, you know, you've said this a very simple, you've said this before, like, are you going to increase your threshold and pass this level one to get on level two, or are you going to retreat and go back to level Beautiful. one? Beautifully said, you know, some, what I tell people is a fake self, because that's what I call him, the fake self. He's coming. In fact, I invite him every day. That's why we get up early so I can put his mouth on the curb and stomp on it right out the gates. Like, I just say, why wait for him? Like, I want to feel like that all day. Like, I will feel exhausted all day, burnt out all day. Let's go. I'm going to earn it right now. Why? Because because burnout is a lie. Okay. Now, there are so many people. There's freaking psychologists and whatever you want to call that shit that, that are learned. Yeah, they would they would disagree with me. But no. Burnout is a lie. Burnout just means, or is the fake self is having a tantrum. The resistance is having a tantrum and it's throwing all its stops out because you're about to reach the next level. It is your proving moment and you will kill him. He's a zombie. He always comes back, but you will never go back as deep as you were. Just like you said, it's like a new level. Maybe that, that, that length of time that it takes you to return to your values, you just shortened it a bit. You know, like, oh, and the next time the burnout happens, it's going to be shorter. You'll be able to return to your values shorter, shorter, shorter until you just, just that non-negotiable that you set, you got it, dude. It's like, you know, so that is a very powerful. I really appreciate you bringing that up because you have to expect that you can, this is not easy. It's not, but it's very fulfilling. You can't, you can't hope that it's easy. You can't hope like it's never easy. It's a sacrifice that you make. You put it on the altar. I don't even watch TV anymore. It's freaking crazy. I just don't. Yeah. I, like I don't, I used to watch Netflix, dude, Narcos. Like I was I all it. about, Oh my gosh. Like, I speak, I'm a Spanish teacher, you know, like, Whoa. I, and it's crazy. I almost, I was sad at first, but then I realized like, I don't even miss it. It's like an addiction I had. I didn't know. So the things that you think that you're holding on to that are important to you, they'll stay important to you until you kill that part of you. Mm. You have what you want to accomplish. If like, and we can use symbolic 300 pound man or whatever, or the man with poor relationship with his wife doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You, the man you are right now cannot give you the results that you need to change. You have to change the man. I'm going to go back to that sentence you said, because that was a really important sense. Yes. sentence. Yes. You said the things that are important to you now can only be killed once you kill that part of yourself. Is that yeah. So, sense? yeah. So like you, you phrased yeah, it better than that. Yeah. So, okay. The man you want to be, mm. the relationship you want to have with your wife, whatever, with your kids, the, the, the physique you want to have, the man that you are now can't give you that. It can't. You have to. It hurts, man. You have to, you have to kill part of you and you don't have to hate that part of you. You don't, some guys are like, oh, punish yourself for letting it get this bad. It's like, no, I love that. Cause if I hadn't let it get this bad, then I wouldn't be able to help other people let it get this bad. I love that part of myself. It was a sacrifice I made that I didn't even know. You may have a part of your life right now that you didn't choose. 
because it or or it was your fault and you did choose it and you feel so bad like i destroyed my family you know you might you might think i, I destroyed my whole family and it, it's my fault listen it doesn't matter it was a sacrifice you've made now you chose it or not and it's your cross to bear man so meaning you're a proxy savior for whoever that's happened to or who has made that choice as well like you made the sacrifice, bro. You, you've done it. It was a gift you've given him because now he can look to you as you overcome it. And he can't, but you can't live the same way. Just be a psycho. Like, just be like, you know what? I'm going to change. I, it might be one thing at a time, but I will never do that again. There's something about saying never. When I make a non-negotiable, it's never. I mean, I'm going to screw up, right? Like I've always said, I'm not going to. Chris wakes up earlier than me, though, guys. I'm, I'm a 4.30 guy, so I'm actually. Oh, that's, that's a bitch time, man. Weeks, Come on. I look, I'm weak sauce. You know, 4.30 is <laughs> my non-negotiable. So I can't, I can't even, you know, argue here. Um, but, you know, have I slipped up? Sure where I left my phone off or something or my body, I just like woke up in a groggy, like, like a zombie, but I'm not defined by my failure. Remember I'm defined how I respond to it. So you don't have to be like, Oh, I screwed up. I'm it's over. It's no, I'm back right back in it. I love failure. Failure. I have to fail my way up. Hmm. Only way. That's beautiful. And that's where we need to wrap this up. Yeah, I, I can I can't help it. I just I will I will jibber jabber for hours. I'll just say I could I could keep going if I'd never a call with a guy to bring on. <laughs> yeah. I love this. We'll have to do it again, man. Hopefully I, I provided you guys listening some value. Couple things on my end. Also, thank you for having me. The this guy's a savage. Please listen to him. I know you well, you are. You're on his podcast, but go go and try his program. This guy, I he just showed up and crushed and he gets it. So go, if you have any doubt right now in your marriage, in your physique, in, in your self-worth, you need to coach up with this guy. I love this guy. Now on my plug, world's greatest hype man. Okay. It, I, I, I have, I need to be better. I got some nuggets on there. If you go through my reels, you'll be like, holy shit. Okay. There's some nuggets in there. I will make more of my crazy thoughts. I promise. And I'll I'll cut this up for you. I'll have my guy cut this up and I'll send you them. I'll, I'll give Boom. you like I'll give you like 10 reels so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, let's go. Help me out. You know, save mm -hmm. me some time. Okay, because I've been busy. Now, um, I also run the Stoic Dad podcast. So Jordan Adams is the Stoic Dad at the Instagram, also a great guy to and if he hasn't been on your podcast. You can come on our podcast too. He's, but he's great. He's really good. Um, and we, that's a great podcast. So at uh, the stoic dad, um, I'm a co-host there and then our program, superhuman fathers, I'm president there. So we have um, mindset, you know, we, we have everything too. So yep. just, just grateful. Thank you. I did the superhuman fathers program. It changed my life, changed my family's life. Um, they're doing it to, to hundreds of men soon thousands i'm sure millions and i if he's you know he's plugging me yeah i can could never not plug the superhuman fathers program it's it's unreal it will it would it will change your life thanks it was it, it has been a miracle it's the best so Absolutely. we will continue to do things together i can't wait thank you so much man all right peace